this is Alex Israel speaking from Alon Shvut. Uh, I'd like to say hello to everybody, to all our listeners. Um, this week we're going to talk about Yitzchak. And uh, Yitzchak really is quite a perplexing character. Uh, when we think about Yitzchak, he frequently doesn't seem to give the same impression as uh, Abraham or Yaakov, the other Avot. Uh, somehow he seems to pale in comparison with them. Uh, and maybe that is because, really, we have a uh, few great speeches. And in fact, in all the stories that we hear about Yitzchak, Yitzchak seems to take on quite a, a backseat role. Um, almost a, a, a shy, reserved personality. Now let me try and explain what I mean by this uh, strange quality of Yitzchak. If we follow Yitzchak's life, we have uh, maybe six, seven episodes in which he features. The first, obviously, his birth and the sending away of Yishmael. Uh, well, we can't really expect him to feature there. He was just born, and uh, he's definitely uh, not the subject of the story here. Um, he doesn't act. Um, the next story is the Akedah. And as we know, the Akedah, the spotlight is certainly on Avraham. Yitzchak might carry the, the, uh, the wood. Yitzchak, uh, might be involved, but he is certainly a passive character. And the test is Avraham's test. As we finish the Akedah, we hear, Ekev Ashesh Shema Avraham Bakoli. Uh, Avraham is the one who is the major actor. In the burial of his mother, he isn't even there. We only hear about Avram being there, and, and he doesn't even feature. The next story, Finding a Wife, is where maybe we really do feel that uh, we feel Yitzchak's absence quite palpably. In the other stories in Tanakh, where a wife is found by a well-side, uh, we can picture Yaakov as using his muscular body to shift the large stone off the well. Or we can imagine Moshe dashing quite uh, boldly to uh, distance the shepherds who are harassing Tzipporah and her sisters. In each case, the prospective husband, the groom, uh, takes his role and uh, meets his future spouse at the well side by engaging in some special leadership. Uh, how about the scene by the well side in which Yitzhak and Rivka meet. Well, the character who shows the activity, the initiative, the boldness, is, is, is actually Rivka. Rivka is the one who is a frenzy of activity running to fill up her water jug in order to uh, give water to both uh, the Ebed, Eliezer, and the camels. And as for Yitzhak, he's not even there. He's back home in the desert, um, maybe praying, maybe doing something else. Yitzhak is peculiarly absent as his wife is found for him. He, is, he doesn't feature in that story. Where is Yitzhak? True, we see Yitzhak and uh, Yishmael uh, bury uh, Abraham Avinu, but no sooner have we dealt with that, we enter into the whole story of the Brachot, and our image of Yitzhak is one in which he is uh, manipulated, we see him as a blind man, a person who finds it difficult to see. And therefore, in 
to sum up, uh, our feeling of Yitzchak is one in which he is uh, incredibly passive. Incredibly passive. Uh, he seems to be a very lifeless, maybe dull, unadventurous character. And uh, we don't know what to do with that, especially when Chazal tell us that Yitzchak's Midah is Gvura. And in fact, Yaakov himself in the Torah talks about Pachad Yitzchak, the fear of Isaac. What exactly is that? We want to try and get to the bottom of Yitzchak. After all, we don't just have Abraham and Yaakov as Avot. Yitzchak has an important role. And what is that role? One place we can start uh, beginning to look for answers is chapter 26 of Bereshit. Chapter 26 of Breshit is really the one chapter which is dedicated to Yitzchak uh, in, as we would say in the Oscar language, in a leading role. Uh, Yitzchak there um, is, is really uh, acting on his own steam. And yet even within this uh, context, there are certain things which throw Yitzchak into, into the background. Let me try and explain. The Perak, chapter 26, Perak Chaf Vav of Bereshit, uh, begins with a famine. And uh, Yitzchak uh, makes moves to follow his father's uh, initiative of going down to Egypt. God says to him, Don't go down to Egypt. Live in the land. And he says to him, I am going to fulfill the promise which I promised to Abraham your father. I will expand your offspring like the stars of the heaven, and I'm going to give your offspring all these lands and bless your children, uh, bless all the world through your children. And then he says, Why am I going to do this? God says, Why am I going to bless you? Because Abraham, listen to my voice. So God is blessing. Yitzchak and telling him he's going to give his children tremendous things but then he says why am I doing it? because Abraham listened to my voice and we wonder what about Yitzchak? and let's remember what promise is he giving him? he says I will uphold the promise the Shavu'ah I will uphold the oath which I promised to your father Abraham hold on is there nothing in Yitzchak's own merit? The problem is compounded when we look later on in the chapter and we see the story that Yitzchak decides to go into the land of Gerar to the kingdom of Avimelech. And like his father after him, he follows exactly in his footsteps. He says that Rivka is not his wife, but rather his sister. And then um, somehow Avimelech ca- catches them in an intimate moment and realizes that this is his wife and seems to follow suit the same story with Abraham. No sooner have we finished with that, and uh, Yitzchak goes out to the desert and starts digging wells. And here, in chapter 26, uh, verse 18, it says, Yitzchak, Yitzchak went and dug the wells, the water wells, which his father Abraham had dug. The Plishtim had stopped them up after his father's death, and he redug them. Not only did he redig his father's wells, but he called them the same names as his father had called them. 
So, on the one hand, here we have a chapter that deals with Yitzchak as an active leading figure. But what do we find? We find that Yitzchak's blessings are because of Abraham. Yitzchak's oath is the same oath as Abraham. And in fact, when Yitzchak acts, he acts in exactly, precisely the same manner as Abraham. What exactly do we want to say about Yitzchak? Is he simply a carbon copy of his father, as maybe actually indicated in the opening lines of the parasha, uh, if you look at Rashi? Where is Yitzchak's individuality? Where is his independence? Where is Yitzchak's own identity? I like to uh, offer maybe two approaches. The first is uh, an approach presented by Steinsaltz, and you can find it in his book, Biblical Images. Uh, there, Steinsaltz talks about the peculiar role of Yitzchak as being the Av of the second generation. Um, and indeed, Steinsaltz dwells on the fact that uh, Yitzchak, what he does in life, is a repetition, with certain variations, but a repetition of that which his father has, do has done. He digs the same wells, he has the same experiences with Avimelech, uh, 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 the, same, the same steps. And he says, uh, why? His answer, I think, is, is exactly on the ball. Well, Steinsatz says that sometimes you can have a, an initiator, a revolutionary, a great leader. Uh, however, a, a new wave, a new movement cannot exist if uh, every generation innovates. At a certain point, somebody has to innovate and then people have to follow. A path is forged, but then people have to walk that path. You can't have somebody creating a new tradition, but then the next generation also creates a new tradition, because then there's no tradition. Uh, people have to follow uh, a certain way for it in order to, uh, to, to gain uh, a solid founding. Um, in, in that regard, Yitzchak um, is in a place where he he needs to do that which Abraham has done. Abraham has created a certain religion, a certain way of acting, and Yitzchak has to follow suit. He has to restrain himself, um, restrain his individuality, in order to um, continue the path of Abraham. I'll quote a few lines from Steinsaltz. He says, Isaac's essential problem was to find his own place in a world dominated by the genius of his father. He did the only thing left for him to do. He carried on. And the task of the successor has always been one of the most unrewarding of all the tasks in history. It has often been said that kolhat chalot kashot, all beginnings are difficult. But continuation can be even more difficult. The capacity to persist is no less important than the power to begin. In all the significant revolutions of history, it is evident that the first generation, the founding fathers, usually have to struggle against formidable objective forces, but the verdict of history, whether it was a glorious victory or merely a passing episode, lies with their successors, the generation who have to fix and stabilize the revolution. One does not ascribe to the second generation the same glorious qualities that capture the imagination. The son's task is to hold steady, and not to create. That's what Rosh Steinzalt says. In other words, uh, Yitzchak is in this place where he 
in order to capitalize upon Avram's revolution, needs to follow Abraham, needs not to express himself too much. And maybe this is exactly the Gvura that we Chazal refer to when they talk about Yitzchak. We say in Pirkei Avot, Ezehu Gibor, who is strong, HaKovesh et Yitzro, he who holds his desires, his passions back. Yitzchak might have had great passions to forge new paths in Avodah Hashem, to create new traditions, however he held himself back. He let Abraham's way become more concrete, more solid, and thereby to take root in the world, and held himself back. And in fact, Steinsatz goes even a stage further and says that uh, Yitzchak was particularly attracted to Esau because he saw Esau as the free spirit that he was never able to be, he was never allowed to be. Yitzchak maybe wanted to break free, but he held himself back, Yitzchak's Kura, and, and thereby uh, made Abraham's way more permanent. Now, um, on the one hand, uh, Rosh Steinzalt's thesis is uh, very powerful, and it really does seem to apply very well to the storyline of chapter 26. Um, as, uh, for example, Yitzchak desires, like his father, to leave the country in a situation of famine. The story without Vayimelech and Rivka, where he says, uh, she is, where Yitzchak says, she is my sister. As Yitzchak redigs Avraham's wealth. As Yitzchak makes a covenant and names, with Avimelech, and names the place Be'er Sheva. So, we definitely see a reflection of Avraham in Yitzchak. And yet, I find it very difficult just to see Yitzchak as a passive figure, continuing, uncreative. Uh, I don't know why, but it seems to me that when we say uh, that, I don't know, Avraham instituted Shacharit, Yitzchak Mincha, Yaakov Arvit, we're saying that Yitzchak had his own prayer, he had his own personality, he had his own way with God. Um, and I, I find it difficult to believe that that was just our holding pattern. What way did Yitzchak have with God? What did he add? And I'd like to suggest an explanation. We're going to stay in chapter 26, but I'd look, like to look at the second half of chapter 26, where I believe we can actually find some answers. Let's read a little bit of the story. It says this. Yitzchak is in the land of Plishtim, and it says, By Yizra Yitzchak Ba'aretzahi. Yitzchak was a farmer. He sowed that land. He yielded in agricultural produce a hundredfold of that which he put into the ground. And he was exceptionally prosperous until he was very, very rich. And he had tremendous sheep and cattle and enormous wealth, and the Plishtim were jealous of him. And the Plishtim had stopped up all the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of his father Abraham, filling them with earth. And suddenly Avimelech said to Yitzchak, Leave, leave us, you've become too large for us. So Yitzchak departed from there, and encamped, encamped in Nachal Gra, and he lived there. Yitzchak 
Dagan knew the wells which had been dug in the days of his father Abraham, and which the Plishtim had stopped up after his father's death, and he gave them the same names that his father had given them. Then Yitzchak's servants dug in the Nachal, and they found a Be'er Mayim, a well of water. The shepherds of Grar quarreled with Yitzchak's shepherds, said, The water belongs to us, and he called that well Eshek, because they contended with him. Then he dug another well. Eshek, by the way, means controversy. There was a controversy there, that's what he called the well. He dug another well, and they argued about that one too, so he called it Sitna, hatred. And then he moved from there and dug another well, and they didn't quarrel over it at all. And he called this third well Rechobot, saying, God has given, been generous to us and has allowed us to prosper in the land. Um, at that point in the story, Avimelech comes to him and says to him, um, I'd like to make a deal with you, I'd like to make a pact. And in fact, Yitzchak agrees to this. And uh, what Yitzchak does, as they're um, making the actual pact, they're making a ceremony or some sort of treaty, Suddenly, Yitzchak's servants come to him and say, Oh, we found another well. And indeed, this is the seventh well. Three of Abraham, three of Yitzchak, Esek, Sitna, and Uchovot. This is the seventh, and they call the seventh well Be'ersheb. So goes the story. How does this impact upon our impression of Yitzchak? So the first thing I'd like to emphasize is that Yitzchak is a farmer. Abraham was a shepherd. Yaakov is a shepherd. Yitzchak is a farmer. Why? What, what, is, what makes Yitzchak uh, into a farmer and a successful one at that? Well, if we can uh, cast our minds to think a little bit about the relationship of the Avot with Eretz Yisrael. Uh, each Av has a unique uh, interaction with the land of Israel. Avram is the Ole. Avram comes grows up in Mesopotamia, and then uh, is told by God to come to the land of Israel, and indeed makes the journey, makes Aliyah, as we might say today, and uh, spends the rest of his life in the promised land, in the Holy Land. Yitzchak is the Av who is born and dies in Eretz Israel, and he never leaves, even though uh, maybe he sh could have had opportunities to leave to find his wife, in the famine to go down to Egypt, he always is restricted and remains in Israel. He spends his entire life, every day of his life, in Eretz Israel. Yaakov is a third model. He is born in Israel, leaves, comes back, and then leaves again, and actually dies uh, in Chutzaretz in Egypt, only to have his dead body uh, brought back for burial to Eretz Israel. So he's the model which begins in Israel, leaves, and is brought back actually more than once. Uh, one can dwell upon this for quite a while, different, three different models of interaction with Eretz Yisrael, but for now, let us simply say that Yitzchak, more than any of the other Avot, is uh, integrally connected into the soil of Eretz Yisrael. Um, by the way, this, this maybe follows the approach of Rosh Steinsaltz, in the sense that if Avram comes to a land which is meant to be a land which is worthy of the children living in, uh, to, make, to, to, to say that a land will be worthy, one has to be able to live one's entire life in that land. 
one has to uh, feel that from the day one is born to the day one dies, one can live and prosper and enjoy life and be successful in a particular land, if that land is to be a homeland. And so what I'd like to say here is that uh, Yitzchak uh, epitomizes the Kesher, the connection with Eretz Yisrael in a way that none of the other Avot do. And maybe we can reflect this in his choice of profession, that he himself is a farmer. A shepherd is transitory. Avram moves from place to place. Avram never buys any land at all. Uh, he doesn't buy any land until he has to bury Sarah right at the, towards the end of his life. Um, Yaakov always is constantly moving from place to place once again. And here we see Yitzchak, a farmer, with his uh, hands in the ground, tilling the soil, Far from seeing him as a weak, lifeless personality, we see a man with bulging muscles who uh, fights the desert in the area of Beersheva, trying to push the frontier of civilization into the desert. In Ben-Gurion's term, terms, uh, making the desert bloom. And uh, this is our image of Yitzchak. In fact, he's enormously successful. Uh, if we think about Yitzchak sowing uh, and reaping a, a hundredfold, bringing out of the earth a hundred times that which he puts in, uh, we're dealing with something uh, great. We're dealing with a, an enormously successful farmer. But it's not only the connection with Eretz Yisrael through farming uh, which I'd like to deal with here. Uh, if Yitzhak was just following his father, then Yitzhak would have uh, dug the wells and left it at that. But clearly Yitzhak is so successful that he arouses opposition. Any successful person frequently does. And initially, uh, Avimelech, suspicious of Yitzchak's wealth, and possibly that this will cause unrest in his own kingdom, uh, decides to exile Yitzchak. But Yitzchak doesn't give up. And he goes into the, deeper into the desert and uh, digs the wells which his father dug. Then he starts digging more. He digs not one well, um, well, the first one he digs, there's a controversy, so he digs another one. That creates enmity. And the third one, they give up. Uh, they give up, they realize Yitzchak is here to stay. Yitzchak um, is stubborn. Yitzchak is gvura. Yitzchak uh, has, his, has his fingers in the soil uh, with a certain stubbornness, that his connection with Eretz Yisrael is so strong but even though he senses opposition, he's not willing to give up on this special land. Uh, Yitzchak uh, goes into the desert to make the desert bloom, and he, he is determined to probe the harsh, rocky soil in order to find water, in order to irrigate his, 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 his crops. And uh, if people are going to fight him over the first well, so he'll go and he'll build another one, and another one, he'll dig, he'll dig, he'll dig until he finds that water he needs in order to be productive in the desert. Yitzchak, uh, when he is successful, um, people have to take him very seriously because suddenly here is a man who's, who will not be moved, who will not disappear, uh, and who is pr prospering in the desert in a way that nobody else is managing to. And that is exactly why Avimelech, after he has dug another three wells, beyond the original three of Abraham, comes to him and says, hey, let's make, let's make a deal. I see that you are a power player in the region. I see that you are somebody serious. 
I uh, I really need to um, to to make a peace deal with you. And here, the difference between something like Avram and Yitzchak comes into the fore. You know, Avram also made a deal, a treaty, a Brit, a covenant with Avimelech. When Avraham made the, the covenant with Avimelech in chapter twenty one. Um, the number seven of the of the place Be'er Sheva uh, were actually sheep. Avraham made a covenant with Avimelech on the basis of seven sheep, which Avraham set aside and gave as a gift to Avimelech, in order to express the fact that there was a, a covenant, a treaty, a pact between them. But Yitz, Yitzchak, his number seven, his Be'esheva, his treaty with Avimelech, is forged on the basis of seven wells. Sheep you can move. Sheep move from place to place. They wander. They're transitory. But a well... A well is dug deep into the soil to probe the living waters which are beneath the, beneath the surface. Yitzchak's uh, hands are deeply dug into Eretz Yisrael. Yitzchak has a, a gvura, a tenacity, a stubbornness, a heroic, um, unyielding side to him where he surges boldly forwards to, to uh, develop areas which nobody else has yet uh, developed. Uh, what I'm trying to um, describe here is the fact that Yitzhak has a side to him which we shouldn't see in any way as uh, a shy, anemic, lacking in energy or passion. He's not just a passive, uh, quiet person. He is full of, uh, of energy. He, he is bold, he is firm, he is obstinate. And uh, Yitzhak's role is to grip Eretz Yisrael. Yitzchak's role is to, uh, he sees himself as the farmer, as the one who is going to make a covenant with the land of Israel. And therefore Yitzchak, I feel, has uh, certain dimensions uh, to his personality, which we shouldn't see simply in the uh, shades of grey, of passive grey uh, colours. But rather here we see a heroic figure who's maybe primary Midah, as he does build the upon the foundation of Abraham. Yes, he takes the three uh, wells of Abraham, but he builds another three, and a fourth. He goes further. And it is true that to a certain degree, he is uh, building upon the successes of his father. And yet at the same time, he is uh, a personality in his own right, uh, particularly in the dimension that relates to Eretz Yisrael. Um, but we see here a, a very colourful personality, a very strong personality, somebody who, um, who is definitely an extra layer, a very important building block in the fabric, in the tapestry of our three Avot. Because again, if Avram comes to Israel and has to make the initial foray, he has to build certain foundations, but they're not solid, Yitzchak doesn't just uh, put it in... Uh, in a state of static stasis, let it fossilize. Yitzchak takes uh, what Avraham has done and furthers it. He takes it and develops it. He takes it and deepens it. He 
he actively takes on Avraham's uh, successes and achievements and takes them further. Uh, when I think about this in conceptual terms, um, I can't help but uh, suddenly uh, put on my Zionist hat and uh, feel that there's an enormously important message here for us even today here in Eretz Yisrael. After all, um, certain strides uh, of the past have been made uh, to get us here, to establish a Zionist movement and uh, in order to bring us to Eretz Yisrael, but yet uh, the cruel reality of the Middle East has shown us that it is not enough just to come here and to be here, but that uh, there needs to be constant effort, constant gura, uh, in order to make this entire thing uh, work and continue. It's not enough just to make the initial moves, uh, but still to remain transitory. One has to uh, dig deep into the soil of Eretz Yisrael and to demonstrate that uh, we are stubborn, we are obstinate, we are tenacious, we are, uh, we are firm, and that we are going to continue digging wells. And, uh, and uh, maybe this is exactly the lesson that we have to learn from uh, Yitzchak. This is the contribution of Yitzchak. Uh, Yitzchak is, is, uh, has that gvura, and uh, he takes the achievements of the past, but doesn't give up, and he continues further and higher to build things uh, for the future. Okay, Shabbat Shalom.